Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. This is Jeff Summers here, co-founder of Optimal HRV with my partner in crime, Matt Bennett. Hey, Jeff. Matt, it's Friday. It is another we're Friday. We're taping this like anyway. A couple on a Friday, so uh, I know. And mood of going into the weekend. Exactly. That's right. And it's going to snow here this weekend. I know, which is good because I'm. Uh, we've had some uh, volcano-like fires burning I know. close by. Two so. more have popped up. It's crazy. I know. Get those suckers out. Get us on the slopes. Everybody's yeah. Happy. You you got your your snowboard waxed and ready to ready to roll. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of use last year. I don't know how much use is going to get this year. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, uh, it's uh, interesting how you got to make reservations and stuff. So uh, I'm not sure what this ski season looks like, but uh, yeah, we just need snow to put out the fires at this point. Right. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get any of those snow guns down there instead of? Uh, I know, that's what I was thinking. I'm like those things look pretty good to help put out the fires. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least slow them down, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've got a we've got a fun topic to talk about today. Yes. Um, you know, recently we've been really talking about the last few podcasts, um, you know, sort of physical manifestation of different things and how they relate to HRV, like exercise, like mindfulness. And today we're going to talk about diet nutrition uh, yes. and how that is obviously a big uh, impacting variable into the health of your autonomic nervous system. And I was promised props. So I'm very excited to see what these look like. Yeah, hopefully hopefully so, your dog doesn't jump onto your desk. Yeah, my dog's really tool. excited that there's frozen broccoli on my desk. <laughs> for, for, he loves frozen broccoli. So he, he loves food. Uh, we found like one say, thing he doesn't like. So yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the one thing? That's, that's, uh, that's pickled Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I didn't even know you could pickle Brussels sprouts. Oh, Costco's got some good hot pickled Brussels sprouts right now. Just uh, throw that out there. So, uh, All right. Interesting. All right. So where should we start? I, I, uh, I mean, obviously, everybody understands that what you put in your body has a dramatic impact on your overall health. Absolutely. Um, you know, whether it's weight loss, whether it's blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, all the things that we're used to used to monitoring from a health standpoint, a lot of it gets back to what you eat. Um, yeah. So clearly there's some overlap into HRV. Yeah. And I would say most folks will know fairly what healthy eating is. So, so I'm not going to kind of hit that. And I'd always just like to throw out you're, you're taking nutritional advice from a mental health therapist. So, so just, <laughs> I, I've done a lot of research. I will hold up props. If you're on YouTube, I don't uh, really support, I think one is a branded thing you can only get from a company. And that's kind of my out there thing that I'll end on. But I, I want to think about this from an HRV perspective. Um, so because what I've been thinking about there, there's this idea of inflammatory and anti-inflammatory 
foods. Now, now, why is this important? So uh, we've talked about it in future or past episodes, allostolic load. We kind of talked about how, you know, the more stress we hold, maybe, you know, looked at like the cup analogy where the more stress we're holding in our body, we change more into our ventral vagal or prefrontal cortex to amygdala or sympathetic or dorsal vagal fight or flight, fight, freeze areas of our brain. So so let's think about that cup analogy where throughout the day when stress gets poured into our cup, our allostolic load increases. So here's where diet comes in. And, and my thinking about this has changed so much over the years because, you know, I, you know, and I haven't practiced therapy for a while. I've been doing the training, the technical assistance part of the mental health arena for folks. Um, one of the things I never really talked about was diet, but, but what the research is telling us is, as you know, through a normal day, as stress starts to fill up, and a lot of my clients were walking in with a full cup just because of their life situations, what we put in our mouth can decrease the amount of stress in our body, or the I should say the impact of that stress in our body, or increase the impact. So all the negative effects of stress are going to be either increased or decreased by what we eat. And yeah, so, like so yeah, or a subtractor, right? They're not going to yep. take them away, but they're going to make them worse or they're going to help you deal with it a little bit better. Exactly. So, so all the negative impacts of stress that we've talked about, including lowering your, your HRV, because again, we want the high HRV is good. So those negative impacts of stress that, that range from everything, uh, from heart disease, cancer to anxiety, you know, all those mental, social, cognitive, medical things that, that we've really talked about. If you eat a high inflammatory diet, it is going to exacerbate those symptoms. However, you can also, if you do high stress, I know you're in sales and technology, you know, you're <laughs> doing that stuff. You know, I, I used to travel around the country and train, which was, you know, stressful, but fun at the same time. So, of you course. know, you're under, you're under this high level of stress, as I know most people are, and we're living in a pandemic right now with an election coming up in the United States, at least. Well, you know, yes, we, we've got a lot of stress. Everybody's carrying around this stress. So it just blows me away as, okay, what I eat for dinner will determine how will that stress even have more of a negative impact on me or can I use my diet to help mitigate some of those negative impacts so I want to start this discussion out on, on something and and you know and I've said this a few times throughout the program I, I don't I don't love to suggest things that cost money um, I, it's just something about me I you know I work in the nonprofit arena most of my life so so we're always cheap but there's something that I have just seen that if you can afford it, if you got a little extra money sitting around, I'm not selling any brand of this. Um, I've just seen it change a few people's life, including my wife's, is to take an allergy test. Um, you know, and, and these are yeah. running about 250, 300 bucks. So they're not that expensive. But what I saw with my wife and some other people, and, and you know, when I think about people in services, like folks experiencing homelessness, people struggling to overcome mental health issues or, or, or trauma or, or folks with, with COVID, you know, what, what my wife found is she had a gluten sensitivity. Now that really stinks, I found out, because, <laughs> you know, try to like get gluten, you know, and, you know, but, but what I saw is, she and she's a first grade teacher, which is a highly exhausting and sometimes stressful job. 
and she would always kind of bite her fingers. She had this high level uh, of anxiety during the school year. She cuts gluten out of her life and she's like showing off her fingernails. Like her, her, her anxiety dropped overnight. It was unlike anything I, I've, I've kind of seen. Now, it didn't make all the stress in her life went away, but sure, just wasn't multiplied for amplified. A lot of the anxious, like things that she Switches. had, just the little habits went away. Um, and she, you know, her, she had quite a bit of stuff coming back in her, her allergy thing. And she's cut those out and she's also cut out of a lot of anxiety. So, so the allergy test, what, what that's really showing us is this food, uh, creates inflammation in our body and just a reminder of what inflammation does. So stress does this, um, it releases cytokines from our sympathetic nervous system. So when we're anxious and what that does is basically what we've seen. So cytokines are good in general, because let's say you have a cut, they go to this, the injury, create inflammation to start the healing process. Also, if you have disease, bacterial infection, a virus, it will go fight the virus. But when we're stressed, we also release cytokines. So for those of us who feel stressed out all the time, we have these cytokines in our body. And really, and, and then again, this is a mental health therapist, but I, I've told this to a lot of health professionals and nobody said, you know, you, you might not be so scientific about this, Matt, but you're kind of right is if they don't have anything to do, they then kind of really wreak havoc in our system. So one of the symptoms we see is our gut health starts to decline and we get leaky with something called leaky gut syndrome, which is disgusting sounding. And it really is disgusting because the crap in your gut starts to leak out into your body. Um, and it causes some serious right. know, repercussions. You don't this like is not comfortable. Floating around in your body. And so the, the, we'll talk more about gut health as we go on. But we'll also see from a mental health perspective, we'll see inflammation in the brain as well. And now that's being correlated uh, with a lot of different mental illnesses uh, from anxiety to depression. A whole lot of things are showing uh, inflammation in the brain. Uh, you know, accounts for some stuff with cardiac problems as well. And so inflammation, you know, again, so cytokine release creates inflammation. If our diet exacerbates that inflammation, now we see the science behind us. And so if you're allergic to a food, one of the consequences of that is additional inf inflammation in your body. So you know, I, I, you know, I just see these allergy tests uh, as being a whole thing. Now, I took one too, and um, the only thing that was a moderate allergy for me, it seems like everybody's allergic to lobster for some reason. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. You're a vegan anyway, so that wasn't too you much know, of a lifestyle change for the you. wagon, shellfish is number one. I'd probably go with king crabs. Uh, but, you know, lobster is on that list. But, uh you, you know, like, so pineapple was a moderate. So, so you know, I, my wife hates when I make this joke because she had to give up bread, but uh, she's got to give up gluten. I have to give up pina coladas. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's not a... Genetics. Do, That's right. What are you going to do? Exactly. So, so again, it, it's, it's some, some of this is a personal thing. And to know if your diet is hurting you, um, you know, like I said, if you, if you, if you have a few hundred bucks sitting around, I've just seen friends and, and now professionally, when I talk about this, people have taken me up on it and, and say, yeah, I've, I learned some stuff in it. Boy, it's changed a lot about how I feel the energy I have, 
uh, so on and so forth. So, so, so that can help individualize this for folks. And then there's really just some foods that we should avoid or minimize in our diet. And I'm going to share my screen here for those that yeah, might be I was going to say, us. I mean, you don't have to have an allergy for your diet to impact the amount of inflammation in your body. I exactly. Mean, stuff that we're all eating all day, every day in some people's case, because it's incredibly convenient. Absolutely. causes inflammation. That's what we're looking yep. at here. So, so here, I'm just going to show you some inflammatory foods. I'll read this out as well. Man, processed foods. I mean, they just put processed foods. They don't even go into it. So, um, yeah, I think we all know. And, and it kind of goes with this next thing with sugar. Um, what we saw happen, and this is why I kind of get ticked off with the nutritional sciences, is they change things, like big That's things. Right. Um, Jeff, you're old enough even as a millennial to remember when fats were bad, right? Like, oh, totally. Like that was when growing up, that was all they cared about, right? I you, know. You, you, could have, you, could have, you could have Twizzlers because they had zero fat. I know. It was, it was, it was all good, right? As long as it didn't have fat, and then we got to trans fats. And well, so what we and, did was we and, all these yeah. processed foods to make them tasty since, since we took the fat out is we stuck sugar in um, and then sugar being an, now is an inflammatory food. So, so really trying to avoid, you know, just minimize sugar. It's really hard, minimize processed foods. I, I still, I'll be honest, I'll have when I'm just tired and I wanna throw a, you know, vegan chicken patty in the air fryer. <laughs> I, I still do that, but it's a small, like you know, I might eat one piece of processed food uh, throughout the day. Uh, refined carbohydrates, uh, not, you know, such as bread and really good pasta. So, you know, I, I love a good baguette, but I try to kind of minimize it to one. Also, the bread I eat for sandwiches, uh, you know, the, the whole grains are a little bit better. Uh, sprouted uh, wheat is a little bit better. So, you know, basically the grainier the bed, there's that Ezekiel, you know, bread that's just like you kind of eating. The, some people love it. I don't, but I buy it because I know it's a lot better for me. Yep. Oh, God. Here we go again, it's Jeff. In Alcohol. It's in the refrigerator section, by the way, for those yes, folks exactly. looking at Don't look in the uh, normal bread section. Yep, the, the freeze refrigerator. Then we have our friend Alcohol rears mm. its ugly head again. You know, bad oils, uh, you know, trans fats avoid, obviously, things like margarine, those sort of pieces, uh, soda, sweet beverages, uh, lots of really reasons to avoid that, but they also create inflammation, uh, grain-fed, uh, red meat, uh, oh, wow, processed foods showed up here twice. There you go. It's that important. It, it's it gets two bullet points. So talk a little bit about the grain-fed meat and 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 why that's different because yeah so what, what we see interesting. yeah is that you know that there's a lot of conversation to be had around meat i, I mentioned i'm a vegan i do we don't need to get into the reasons behind that because that just gets <laughs> all you know hippie colorado ish on folks but but really the 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 cows that are more grazing, uh, it's a more natural way, and so a lot of the grain fed. There's a lot of antioxidants and other things. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say, from a health perspective, to probably limit red meat uh, because no matter what the red meat is, 
not all that great for you, but definitely grain fed is, is, has been shown to be inflammatory because really what you're eating is a meat that's been created by refined carbohydrates. That's that's exactly what it is, right? I mean, you get to other countries that eat a, a ton of red meat and all of their all of their heart disease and all the things associated with overconsumption of red meat almost disappear. And a yep. lot of it's because the cows are eating what they're supposed to eat as opposed Absolutely. to cheap things that we feed them. And, and the reason why I bring this up is because it's, it's central to what we're talking about. You yeah. know, we're, we're in this case, we're eating something that, that had food that was bad for them. And as a result, it's bad for us. Yep. Um, so why would we want to be the ones eating things directly that are bad for us, right? It's it just that's how much it impacts your body is it then becomes a not, no longer a nutrition source for us Absolutely. because it's eating the foods we're talking about here. So Absolutely. And the hard thing for me, Jeff, is working with people that have struggled financially. Um, this is their diet. I mean, I just, uh, you know, sure. as I would say, a lot of my folks, you know, if they could afford something off the value meal at a fast food place, at least they got to eat. And, you of know, course. and then I even look at some school lunches and it's like Domino's pizza, well, a pizza place. I, I, I won't, <laughs> like not the healthiest pizza places. That's what I'll say. I didn't say the D word, but it's like, we're, this is what we're feeding. We know better, right? I remember we in Indiana, we used to have chicken fried steak Thursdays, right? Yeah. And those things were, I look back and just disgusted. I ate them, but you know, they were really good at the time and you Absolutely. know, you know, so so it's like, what what are what are we what are we doing? Uh, when I grew up, we we had like these sugary cereals we would eat. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. you talk about refined carbohydrates that you know basically we started our day off terrible. Then we went to school and we got uh, we had this frozen pizza that was just disgusting. You know, like then let's put more bad stuff in and coming for dinner you know in indiana we didn't eat all that healthy for dinner either so so you know it's a it's you know this has just got into so many people diet that uh again uh we we see this and we see the rates of diabetes obesity heart disease in the united states in our culture and uh this this sort of really this inflammation helps explain why these diets uh why our western diets uh, are, are so detrimental to our health and uh, ability to live long lives. Absolutely. And then you've got the anti-inflammatory foods. So, so again, the, 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 the negative side is a lot of foods we like to eat and especially the processed foods, they figured out how to, how to get us to really like to eat them. But there's also things, okay, you've had a stressful day, you go home and you eat some of these anti-inflammatory foods and you're, you're minimizing the amount of negative impact that stress has on your body. So I'm going to share uh, just my anti-inflammatory morning shake, and then we'll we'll, we'll sum up with uh, the list on here as well. So I'm going to stop my share here. All right. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Don't worry about the brands here. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I will get a brand because it's cheap. Other times I've done research on it. Um, so <laughs> for the most part, you can just ignore uh, the the brands here. Um, 
So there's a few things in my morning shake uh, that are both kind of disgusting at times to taste, but but I'll tell you why I do it. So the first one I want to hold it's up. It's a here. resounding endorsement of wanting to do I'm not, I'm not selling my this. shake to anybody. Yeah, my wife refuses. She tried it once and she refuses. It's like, you're just putting it in your body and it does a lot of good things. She's like, it's disgusting. Um, so first one, broccoli. Broccoli, if you want to be amazed by something, just Google the health benefits of broccoli. Now, why does my shake not taste so good? Maybe because there's broccoli in it, right? But um, broccoli, especially when it's we don't cook all the good stuff out of it, um, is really, really good for you. Really, any green leafy vegetable uh, is anti-inflammatory. So a lot of great things about broccoli. I, I usually don't have enough of it if I'm just eating it otherwise. So uh, I, I throw it in my shake. One of the things I do love and is great for you, blueberries. Uh, these are in the neurobiological world, we call them brain berries. Uh, very few foods. Uh, I think broccoli is a good competitor to blueberries, uh, but um, the, oh, I'm going to miss this word, but the, the uh, blueberries have a lot of the stuff that like grapes or the good things. I, uh, I think it starts with an R, but like the skin of the blueberry is good, the berry part of it. So um, one of the best foods we can eat for our brain health. Also, one of the reasons it's so good is for inflammation as well. Um, chia seeds. This is what makes my shake so like it just kind of clumps out into your mouth. Um, anything <laughs> that's called, you know, one of the things that if, if you call it the food of the gods, it, it's going to get into my shake eventually. So this is the food of the god from the Aztecs. Um, I actually got turned on by these uh, from a book called Born to Run. Um, uh, a really interesting book, but they they were with these tribes down in Mexico who are some of the best distance runners um, in the world. And one of the things, and, and it comes, this is the, the food of the God of the Aztecs or, or one of them. And what they found with chia seeds is one, which is really good for me because, you know, I don't, I'm always trying not to get too fat, um, is chia <laughs> seeds are for the calories about the most filling thing that you can eat. Great source of fiber, great source of the omega fats, the good, the healthy fats, and just an anti-inflammatory monster. Uh, so anything like this, the seeds, the nuts, all, all those uh, work out uh, really good. Um, cacao, uh, this is dumps in my shake. Now you think, oh, Mad Shake's got chocolate in it. It must be good. No, nah, there's no sugar in this cacao. It's bitter. That's I think this was the Inca foods or maybe the Mayan foods of the gods, but uh, cacao's got great fiber in it. Another anti-inflammatory food. So really, really good. Now, as soon as you start to buy it in, uh, you know, you go to Walgreens. I do this sometimes when I'm traveling and get a dark chocolate bar. It's better than like getting a milk chocolate bar or a white chocolate bar. But, you know, you, they got to make it taste great as well. So um, the more cacao in those bars, the better it is for you. But yeah, I just dump a bunch of this in my shake. It actually gives you a little bit of a sense of euphoria as well. I would compare it to like a strong 
cup of like an espresso shot sort of thing. Um, you're not going to go off to Never Never Land, even though there's some parties now that uh, are cacao, alcohol free, but cacao strong drinks. Um, I've tried to get that level of euphoria from the superfood, just can't quite get it there. People allegedly snort cacao. Uh, yeah, I, I can't support I any of that. that. Wow. From, from a health perspective. But hey, if you're going to snort anything, probably a superfood. <laughs> it's going to be better maybe, than the maybe, alternative. Maybe not bad. So so the next thing that I put in, and this is one of the branded things. So um, Amazing Grass does a lot of green superfoods. So this I really love because, you know, wheat, grass, there's all this great stuff that's just either like, I'm not going to grow my own wheat grass. I think it'd be fun, but then you got to buy like a $600 wheat grass extractor. You know, when I had a, there was a Jamba Dude juice near my, me. And every time I started to get a cold, I'd go get some wheat grass, but you know, it got expensive going to Jamba Juice uh, that way is too. <laughs> so what I love about this stuff, and you can probably find other brands out there too, is it's got a lot of really good greens in it. So I don't put fresh spinach in because it has it in here. I usually try to have a salad later on to get those fresh greens. But, but I, I, I like this and, and also my multivitamin, which I'm not going to even show because I, I take a multivitamin mainly because I am vegan and I don't get everything I need um, in my regular diet. So there's a few things like uh, vitamin B12 that I, I sort of, it's just, it just kind of keeps me uh, steady with it. Um, but, you know, it, this offers pre and probiotics. Now, this is something that if you don't have it in your diet, I, I really suggest you think about it. So what we know, and this is just a fascinating area of study uh, that I, is gut health. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, what, we, what we're starting to see more and more of is a healthy gut equals a healthy brain. Now, yeah. I'm sure there's variations of that, and, but the, the healthy gut, you know, and, and we look at this and, and there's some really amazing things in our evolution about gut health and how we got micronial DNA, um, which is kind of the fuel parts for our cells. And, you know, there's, there's like, we've got these cells and the fuel pieces for our cells aren't really our DNA. They're actually bacteria DNA. So throughout human history, and, and really all animals have this, you know, we have millions upon millions of bacteria in our body at any given time. Um, now, probiotics are really just a way to refresh that supply and kind of get that balance for gut health. There was an interesting 60 Minutes uh, story of, about a few months ago, and they were, they were talking about the, the research on this because the probiotic business has just kind of blown up. And, you know, they, they were kind of making the argument scientifically it may have blown up more than the scientific evidence has shown, especially from the supplement area. So I, okay. getting, them, getting them through this, I, I think, is a more natural way to get them. Um, other ways, yogurt, um, the natural ways, uh, sauerkraut, uh, pickles, yeah, fermented you know, foods. things that have been fermented. Um, yep. Unfortunately, whiskey, not so much, I found out. Uh, you know, <laughs> it kind of does the opposite. It. Yeah, no, it's just like there's something about alcohol. Kabucha is another good one that, that I love. Um, yeah. Love kabucha. Um, so, so, but there's also a prebiotic, which this has as well. And if you're eating the broccoli and other things, but there's things that the bacteria really like to eat as well and keeps them healthy. And this mix has that prebiotic. So, you know, when I travel, Jeff, because you probably get this too, 
I can eat. I am really structured. And since we've both been home and not on the road for months now, you can really get in a good, healthy habit, but then you go on the road and, you know, everything can, more difficult. Go, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to into the toilet really quickly. So the other thing I like about, again, I'm not selling amazing grass. Uh, they, as far as they're concerned, don't even know I exist, but um, they also have these little nice travel tabs too that you stick in water and they dissolve and they, they don't have quite as much of nutrients, but a, a really nice, uh, piece there as well. So again, I, I get the, be, between the broccoli and the grass, I, I really get a lot of the greens that I need throughout the day. A uh, few other things that I do, and this one I really, uh, again, it's not a branded thing, uh, but DHA, um, and I guess I could try to pronounce it if it even spells it out here. Uh, no, I'm not. DHA. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's too late on a Friday to pronounce that word. <laughs> um, this one, this is an omega, um, and it's usually in with something called EPA as well. But it's a great source of omega-3s. Both of those are. And so omega-3s have been, one, it's a really, again, another really good fat, another good anti-inflammatory. Uh, what DHA, uh, I, I really encourage it to be in everybody's diet. The supplement's very cheap, but really uh, correlated fairly strongly now in the research I've seen with with brain health and prefrontal cortex health. Again, um, you know, uh, a lot of times these supplements don't get into hard science, but this is one that I've heard uh, that many uh, neurobiologists include in, in their supplement uh, routine as well. Now, I, there's vegan versions of this. I love the little story behind this is NASA was uh, growing bacteria to see if they could eat it in space. And they found that it actually created this, uh, uh, this DHA um, and EPA as well, because mostly this was gone through fish oil that most people right. exactly. have heard about. Now, uh, for me, you know, I, again, being vegan, you know, let the fish- Not eating a lot of salmon. Exactly. Yeah, let, let, let the salmon do what they do, you know, let, 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 let that happen. But, you know, so this is, that's the other source of this. There's this really uh, kind of nerdy, and this is kind of Matt putting two distinct pieces of things that probably don't belong together anywhere, Jeff. So this is not a scientific conclusion of anybody. But <laughs> I just found it interesting that uh, Neanderthals never learned how to fish. And if you look at humans as they got towards more of the coastal areas, especially like in the Mediterranean when there was omega-3 rich fish, we all of a sudden saw civilization start to occur. So in my brain, Neanderthals never learned to fish. We learned to fish. Uh, then, you know, maybe that brought the prefrontal cortex online. We started for better or worse creating civilizations and we're around <laughs> while well, we interbred with Neanderthals and they're in our DNA, you know, that, that, that's just the math theory of human civilization. But there seemed to be something that when we started to include DHA in our diet, that there was sort of this explosion of civilization and culture, uh, causation and correlation are two very, very different things. So um, again, that's Matt's theory on archeology. Um, <laughs> A few other things. I did not expect this to go there. I appreciate oh, I that. I don't know. I got a lot of <laughs> theories about my morning shake. Uh, term, I always mispronounce this. Uh, turmeric or curmin. Uh, you're a cook. You know, turmeric. The, yeah, yeah turmeric. there we go. Those Indian spices. Now, if you eat a lot of Indian food, 
um, great. I bought these spices and tried to put them in my shake. Even I couldn't eat them in my shake because you don't, I mean, then you're putting blueberries in. It is just disgusting. Um, so I, I do keep taking these in supplement forms. These are great, great anti-inflammatories. Uh, right. So some of the best out there. And again, something you can, you can, you know, I mean, you start to put some of these supplements together. You're, you're talking about maybe a dollar a day. So again, another really inexpensive way uh, to do it. Uh, the learned, little nerdy thing I'm interested in, this is another one I really don't speak a lot of, but because it's a Friday, um, is something called, uh, you know, and then this is kind of the, the one branded, but it's in the, uh, it's NAD plus, and there's this, uh, Elysium basic product. This stuff, I encourage people to Google because th this was a, a, something that I saw in animal studies, uh, probably about starting about five years ago. And what we see when we see our mon mon mitochondria in our cells and the DNA that drives that, uh, that is that when we age, one of the reasons we start to age is that mitochondria starts to die off, uh, doesn't operate. And so we start to see the DNA mutate and that accounts for not everything about aging, but a good percent. So they were giving these mice like this Indian NAD plus uh, formula. And all of a sudden they were like living twice as long in their quality of life, mice life. Uh, great thing about mice is their life expectancy is about two years. So, you know, you, you can measure this stuff, but they were much more active uh, in their lives as well. And I was like, oh man, I want some of that. And the, the problem was like, to get this into a prescription form was, I thought was gonna take about another 20 years. Um, when I've already aged that process, but you know, this came out in um, uh, supplement form. There was actually this really innovative company uh, that has a lot of really Nobel Prize winning scientists behind it to bring this to market. So um, I, that it's a very expensive supplement. So I, I, you know, you've got to look at that, do your own research for sure. But this was one of the most exciting things. Um, that I've seen. I don't know if it's an anti-inflammatory uh, with it, but you know, it's part of my morning routine. So I'll just throw that in here as We're well. So let me, let me make sure I covered our list here, Jeff, uh, with these anti-inflammatory foods, leafy vegetables, check, uh, probiotic foods, check. A bone broth, again, as a vegan, yeah, vegan, not something I'm into, but boy, when I listen to these wellness podcasts, they're like uh, drinking bone broth for breakfast, uh, it's sort of thing. Liquid gold, man. That's what yeah. The the sweet potato jams, the these kind of root vegetables, uh, really good. I mentioned blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Uh, again, the wild caught uh, fatty fish. It seems to be a distinction between farm raised fish. Um, kind of like your grass fed versus your green fed beef, right? I Same think sort of concept. You're exactly right there. The chia seed, flax seed. I get a little flax seed in my uh, my uh, amazing grass thing here. So both of those really good. Um, uh, olive oil. Oh man, it, it was a good day when olive oil came back on the good list. Uh, <laughs> man, I can swim in that stuff. I, I love <laughs> olive oil. So I, I probably overdo it a little bit, but uh, there's there's not much I don't love olive oil in. Uh, turmeric we mentioned, ginger also, uh, cinnamons also got some really good health things for inflammation. Uh, 
garlic and onions, walnuts and almonds. So, uh, you know, try to get some maybe quinoa pasta um, and throw some garlic and olive oil and onions on it. Uh, you got a pretty good healthy meal there. Uh, green tea, this is also something in my morning routine. I, I do herba mate, which is a type of green tea. So things with antioxidants um, are also good because, uh, you know, our, when we, uh, the, the oxidation in our cells can lead to disease as well. So uh, we see that the antioxidants uh, kind of fight inflammation too. And I mentioned the dark chocolate and cacao too. So um, give you a lot to think about here, but, but for our audience, you know, when we think about this in HRV, um, we know that HRV again is measuring your body's ability to handle or recover from stress. You eat a high inflammation diet and your body's going to struggle to do that and documented that that's going to lower your HRV probably a little bit in the short term, but overall eating an unhealthy diet we know has a lot of uh, ways to lower your heart rate variability. Um, obviously leads to a lot of disease as well. Go home after a hard day, eat anti a healthy anti-inflammatory diet, and you're mitigating those negative impacts of stress. And again, you might see a few points, uh, you know, maybe a percentage or two bump in your HRV after a healthy meal. Um, again, because, you know, short term, you may not see it, but long term, this is going to be one of the best ways to improve uh, your HRV. So um, again, re research is backing this up. The, these anti-inflammatory foods just are, are really are really worth. Um, again, sometimes they're a little bit more expensive, but you put the pieces together. My, my shake probably cost me less than a dollar a day. Now I buy a lot of stuff in bulk. Um, with that, chia seeds are really cheap. Cacao in a bag this size, really cheap. Blueberries pretty cheap in a big bag. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Costco because I can buy things in bulk. They last me forever. And so, you know, spending a few bucks, if you do it strategically, uh, can really improve your HRV, your overall health and your life expectancy as well. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, I was expecting more of a mess when you said props, just so we're clear. <laughs> I was, well, I was I looking was forward to... Uh, I know. could make my shake in front of everybody, but it just, uh, I don't know. Didn't it's quite work good. out. No, the that's okay. my wife hates when I make it in the kitchen with then be in the office. So... <laughs> Yeah, the cacao goes everywhere. Yeah, you know, the green stuff gets into the cracks and crevices. Chia seeds, just funny thing about chia seeds, they grow anywhere. Like, yeah. so if you don't run your garbage, you remember the chia puzzle, pets. Just, yep, the chia pets. So, uh, That's yeah, right. so a lot of fun stuff, but it gets a little bit messy when I when I make it. I usually make it before we clean the house because if I do it afterwards, I get in trouble. So, yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, you know, these are, these are strategies just like the last couple episodes of, yeah. of, you know, what can you do on a day-to-day -day basis to, you know, even if it's not improved, just keep your HRV where it's at, you know, and, and keep, keep your baseline high because as we've seen the population norm over time continues to decrease. So, yeah. you know, even if you, you feel like you're in good shape and, and you're doing well, these kinds of things will keep that going for a longer period of time. Right. Um, so I think it's, you know, just good for everybody to sort of, I think it brings it together, you know, yeah. uh, in terms of. 
Well, I guess uh, Zoom wanted us to start our weekend early. I had a little bit of an outage there. Apologies for the hiccup, but Matt, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, great, Jeff. And let me just throw one challenge out to people again that will, and I'll put some pictures of these foods on the the show notes as well um, at uh, uh, heartratevariabilitypodcast.com. And, uh, you know, uh, just try to do a little thing here and there. If you can take away one processed meal out of your week, um, maybe uh, replacing a ranch dressing with a olive oil dressing, just try to find little things. I think too many people like go all the way yeah, and it becomes exactly. too hard. So, you know, you don't have to have a god awful shake like I do, but uh, maybe throw <laughs> some chia seeds uh, into your diets, sprinkle it on your toast or your waffles in the morning. Yeah, right. just do just throw do some, some almonds in your cereal or whatever. Yes. And absolutely. Well, the other thing I would mention is if any nutritionists happen to see or listen to this podcast, um, you'll reach out. We've done some really cool work with yeah. with folks in that world in terms of correlating the results they get with their clients and, and HRV and Again, you know, using HRV as a quantitative measure for the work that you're doing as practitioners and um, you know providers becomes really valuable, and so we're we're happy to work with folks in, in that world as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know yet that this is the first time listening, go to optimalhrv.com if you want to hear more. Um, obviously, you found our podcast, so you know where to go for that, and. Um, Matt, I don't know what we're going to do for the, the next episode. I've got a few more uh, HRV hacks that I'd like to share. It might be a little shorter episode, but we always say it might be a shorter episode and Matt <laughs> always talks later. for 40 minutes. So uh, <laughs> there's just a few little things to kind of wrap up this section uh, that we kind of haven't mentioned that are a little out there, but fun. So we'll wrap up with a few biohacks. Uh, we've hit the big ones with mindfulness exercise uh, sleep and nutrition, but there's a few other ones that, uh, can help, uh, our HRV as well. So, so maybe have a nice, uh, we'll call it shorter and then Matt will talk for 45 minutes straight. So <laughs> that's what everybody tunes in for. Oh yeah. I'm myself. Sure <laughs> All right, everybody. We really appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode.